Hey, this is Kevin with Red River TV, and today we're sitting down with Miles Rahimi. That's me. <laughs> and we're going to be talking about some news. Um, we're going to be a little more laid back today, guys, so just um, bear with us or enjoy, you know? Anyway, so I guess we can go into it a little bit. Sure. So the first story we're going to talk about is... Well, actually, this one isn't a story. This is a question sure. for Miles. How do we get to a point where people who decide to, where the majority of people who decide to kneel, or crap, I said that wrong. Let me say this again. How do we get to a point where right now a majority of people are kneeling and the minority are the non-kneelers when just a few years ago the majority were people who didn't kneel and the minority were the kneelers. So now it's wrong not to kneel. The whole narrative has almost flipped. So now disrespecting the flag in these sports arenas and these sporting events is the majority opinion. I mean, how do we get to that point? I don't think that's the actual point we're at. I think it's a point that the larger media narrative's uh, pointing towards. I uh, really feel that here we're, uh, the larger portion of America is not doing that. And uh, you're seeing these hotspots like Portland, uh, uh, Austin, uh, yeah. Seattle, mm -hmm. where they're doing this. And uh, I, I can't remember where I um, saw this anecdotal um, video, and I'd have to assume it was staged, but the individual... Uh, uh, there was one black individual, one white individual, and the black individual was saying, get on your knees, get on your knees. Wow. And the individual, uh, the white individual he was saying that to took off his shirt, threw it on the ground. He said, pick up my shirt. And he said, uh, no, why would I do that? And he's like, you wouldn't because you've never picked up cotton and I've never put, I've never uh, gotten on my knees oh for my someone besides wow. God. And, Holy crap. Yeah, you know, I'd have to imagine that, you know, it was staged. That's a drop mic right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the reality is I, I, I just don't see that being the case because if we look at uh, just in the past few days, the Nielsen ratings that they're uh, coming out with for the NBA and MLB just completely just dropping off you the charts. You don't say. And back when uh, Colin Kaepernick, started his uh, whole crybaby tangent of kneeling <laughs> yeah. is the Nielsen ratings dropped too. And so if they want to, you know, try and say, oh, well, the Nielsen ratings are COVID. Well, I mean, the Nielsen ratings dropped whenever people were kneeling the first time, and now they're dropping even more. And also, I mean, think about this too, because I've experienced this in a lot of other media companies, media people I've talked to on the back end. Our numbers have been through the roof since COVID. People are at home doing nothing. People have nothing to do. So they have nothing to do but consume con content, more time to consume content. So if anything, these sports teams will be getting a lot more coverage. And I'd like to see the Nielsen ratings for golf. I bet you golf's up because golf ain't golf nailing or and nothing. NHL. And I guarantee you they're up. You know, it's interesting you say that. The Harvard Journal Review did a uh, study in 2016 uh, specifically on the advent of uh, conservative media and uh, as it relates to digital media in the last 10 years uh -huh. and just how much of a hockey curve there has been in interest. And if we're 
looking at that study, um, they cross-referenced uh, a study by Pew Research, which showed that the largest conservative digital trend was uh, for in 2016 when the five uh, police officers in Dallas were shot. And I kid you not, it was for the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And it was 700% larger than any time from uh, the history of Black Lives Matter being a hashtag of it being used. And so I think that just goes to speak to a larger conservative presence that is being uh, just complete obfuscated by the media. And I also think this is a golden opportunity, too, because they talk about a lot um, Black Lives Matter having high favorability ratings. Well, they were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. And now the numbers have kind of shifted on that whole thing because there was a time maybe two or three weeks ago when due to the media, every commercial, every single where you everywhere you looked in mainstream media, you saw a positive spin on Black Lives Matter. No, these aren't protests and these are these are these aren't um, these aren't riots. These are protests and just drilled it home. And I think at some point it shifted and people started to connect the protests with the riots, which is odd. I mean, that shows you the power of the media because we could go, we could have writings for a full month. We'd have riots um, and the media could cover it up, calling it protest. And the polling suggests that people went along with that for at least a month thinking that the, the majority of people. And what, what do you make of that? I just, I, I just find it humorous, a detachment of reality in the sense of uh, these narratives going forward with uh, respect to CNN, MSNBC, uh, and how their ratings are plummeting. Yeah. You know, as, uh, what was it? CNN on Nielsen ratings was uh, outranked three spaces by Nick at Night. And, are you serious? Yeah. Nick at Night's awesome, though. Yeah. So, I mean, really. <laughs> Remember Hey Arnold? <laughs> Can't beat Sam. They got Hey Arnold on Nick at Night? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm so happy now. And um, But... I was uh, watching one of those old shows. Uh, my wife and I started watching it, uh, Three's Company. And have you ever seen that? Yes, Three's Company is awesome. So you you understand like how in today's atmosphere that would just be frowned upon because they had the television station it was on had one of those LGBTQ logos on the bottom right of it. Oh wow! Okay. You know, and uh, as it was saying hashtag Me Too, is it was a scene uh, where um, uh, uh, one of the Forget characters, the uh, man, was it the man? No, 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 Chrissy. One okay. of the uh, characters, Chrissy, was uh, being harassed by her date, and you know she was like, "No, no, no!" And he's sitting there pulling on her shirt, pulling it down. No, no, no. And I was just like, "This is complete irony," because the fact is, at the end of the day, capitalism wins. Is uh, they're just trying to make a quick buck. Oh wow, that's hilarious. That's a really good point. Okay. Let's move on to the second story, and this has to do with, um, I guess, a little bit of never-Trumperism right here. Um, establishment Republicans fear a defeat in Kansas if Chris Kobach wins the primary. I think establishment both parties, anyone who identifies that we have establishment both parties, fear the fall of our country if we keep... Yeah, exactly. Well, also, there's something to think about, too, is that something like with guys like Chris Kobach, Chris Kobach understands what illegal immigration is doing to this country. And that's really what the big rub against Chris Kobach is. 
oh. is that he understands that in in the establishment on the left and the right, their families, them, they're they're completely unaffected well, they're by open borders. By yeah. They're completely shielded. Their children will get the best jobs, or they'll be fine. They'll be my totally wife. insulated. <laughs> and American workers, Democrat and Republicans, will be the one to bear the brunt of it. My wife holds a master's degree and a certification past that. And uh, her uh, work history with respect to uh, data, it's incredible how these uh, large corporations abuse our visa system oh, yes. to allow individuals to come over. And when these laws were written in 1990, they were written as a temporary means so they could learn, they could work here on trade programs, and then return to their home countries but what happens is, is they stay over here for 20 years, not paying FICA taxes and stealing jobs that my wife would have in the STEM field had it yeah. not been for, you know, this just rampant abuse. And it's a lot cheaper to hire them. I mean, they've created a, a, a monopoly on this work. But uh, with respect to this Senate race, I think it's just dispositive of the ongoing reality in 2014 when Eric Cantor lost his primary. There was a House speech floor going on literally when they called it about how the establishment Republicans, the establishment had to stop getting complacent or they were going to lose seats. And at the time, uh, they didn't allow any uh, phones on the House floor. And so all of the members of uh, the House that did have their phones started looking at each other after the race was called against Cantor for Bratt, was it? Yeah, David Bratt. And they started looking at each other and it's Eric Cantor losing his own primary seat. That's it was what majority whip, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Yeah, and but and David Bratt was a brash individual. I mean, it was him and um uh, John Boehner. I mean, they just hated conservatives. They hated anyone who was a disruptor, and they had nothing but bad words for him all the time. Always throwing pot shots at him and everything else. So I think a lot of conservatives were feeling like a little, you know, a little goodness whenever um Eric Cantor got taken out and as far as Chris Kobach I mean I've heard some good things about his opponent and I've also heard a lot of good things about Chris Kobach but I do know the rub against Chris Kobach going into Tuesday um that's today actually when this podcast is going to go out um but just understand the rub against Chris Kobach is that he understands what the plight of illegal immigration means for the, the state of Kansas. He knows what it means for the state of Oklahoma. What it means for literally every single state in our union. Yep. And the scary reality is, is if we want to uh, not see a large automation of jobs, yep. uh, is we need to bring jobs that are sent overseas back to the United States and back to foreign, back to our home soil. And most definitely... So the next story we're going to talk about, we're talking about some COVID-19 and the gift that keeps You should uh, cut um, that Cardi B video of her yelling coronavirus, <laughs> <laughs> sitting there complaining about, I, I should be out having sushi. I should hilarious. be. But, and she's sitting there eating a bowl of cereal in her freaking $1,500 yeah, shoes or something. That's how, that's how it goes. So. Crap and bunk. All right. We're going to talk about State Senator Nathan Dom. Of Oklahoma, he's trying to introduce legislation that would make it illegal for these municipalities to institute mask mandates, which I think is absolutely needed. What do you think, think about that? I think it's spot on, and this has uh, no bearing on him just following me on Twitter the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this: um, 
I've oh my my problem with the state legislator legislature as this whole COVID thing has been playing out is that why haven't we seen them convene a special session now, I think to deal with a lot of these to, to deal haven't. with these to deal with these issues? Because it, what you see is uh, municipality by municipality, which are charters. You know, yeah. they're not by any stretch. Um, upholding constitutional law. I mean, you have uh, the sheriff, for example. That is their job in the county, to uphold constitutional yes. law. And these municipality charters, they're overexerting their their ability to carry out yeah. their day-to-day business. And, uh, I mean, I walked into a Brahms here in Oklahoma City at Rockwell and Hefner. And when you walk in on the signs, they have OKC mask mandate and then okc.covid19.gov. And then you walk in and on the registers, they're saying, due to Norman ordinances, you must wear a mask. Was that in Norman? Were you no, Norman? that was here in oh Oklahoma City. So, I mean, even instituting, um, even instituting, um, I would see in other states, um, I can't remember what state it was, I think it was Pennsylvania, or no, it was Michigan. What they did was that what they have written in their law, and I think a lot of these other states have laws, and I think constant the constant um, the federal government has spoken on this, the circuit courts and things. There's case law behind it, where necessary you can't necessarily it's 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 harder to take away emergency powers completely. Oh, absolutely. But you, what you, you to, what yeah. you want to do is you want to create a sunset period on that and say, okay, this is what an emergency looks like, and this is how long an emergency lasts. An emergency isn't three months in emergency. An emergency but, is like two or three weeks. And but then correct you need me if to I'm go, wrong, we have emergency level management on the county level. And where are they during all of this? Well, and also there, there's a couple things. The first thing is this thing needs to be, it needs to be like you get three weeks and you get three weeks for an emergency. It needs to be like a 9-11 style thing. Or maybe You've got when COVID nineteen well, like COVID nineteen first is, started, is, you have to cur- yeah. you have to curtail certain rights of in- certain rights of people, and it sounds bad to say it, but we did it during nine eleven, we did it during Pearl Harbor attack. These are things that happen during emergencies. We've but emergencies, got to get our feet back but emergencies the are the fog, and you're in that fog for the first few days, or maybe even a week after that. You need to go to the state legislator. You need to go to you need to go through these different agencies. There needs to be checks and balances along the way that checkpoints, speed bumps that say, wait, hold up, guardrails that say, nope, can't go any further than this. You, you can't be two months in still instituting mask mandates and all these other different orders. You do not have the power to do that. You need to go to a, a you need to go to someone a little bit higher, state state lawmakers and stuff like that, and get the okay and let the state lawmakers, the people that are elected, at the state level, figure this thing out. It's like force protection in the military. Is uh, are are you familiar with force protection, or is that past your army time? Uh, this might be a little bit past it. So we have force protection Alpha through Delta, and Delta meaning that there's an imminent terrorist. Oh, threat. okay, yeah, I know what you mean. Because they, yeah. when you're pulling up to the gate, they have the different colors yes, yes, up yes, and all yes, that yes. stuff. Yeah, and and so they can only activate that for a certain amount of time if they're on home soil yeah. if they're out there obviously you know yeah they're beyond the wire but is uh it's just incredible to see the complete detachment of uh reality and usurping authority yeah county by county or municipality by municipality yeah. and counties not doing anything to hamper it down yeah. and also i mean you have 
also you have a situation too, and I think this has exposed a blind spot that we really weren't paying attention to. I think it's become almost critical to understand who the state health department director is. We need to know this person's background. We need to know this, who this person is. Maybe even up to the point where maybe this person ought to be elected. Maybe this needs to be an elected position because we have people in these health, these health, these bureaucracies and health at the state and federal level that are pulling these levers. And we don't know who these people are. We don't know what their backgrounds are. We don't know where they're getting their data from. They won't even tell us half the time. If this were an elected position, yeah. they would have to explain themselves to the voters. One of my prof- uh, law professors, I can't remember who it was. He, um, he, described our branches of government he said people don't realize this but we have the judicial we have the legislative we have the executive but we also have the administrative yeah and the bureaucratic power it it needs to be seized because you know it it culminates in a whole bunch of karens doing unnecessary things oh my goodness yeah and so if you're listening to this and you're thinking to yourself oh my gosh you monsters you just want to murder your grandmothers no, actually, I actually got to sit a couple of days ago and watch um, all the Democrats, all the senior leaders of the Democrat Party go to a huge funeral for um, um, who was that? Who was that? The representative, rep- representative Lewis. So you can. Re- and it seems like we have collective amnesia when things like that happen. So we get to watch John Lewis get buried and we when we watch Barack Obama and all these other figures. They all get to go to these. They all get to go to the funeral when you and I, if our grandparents were to die, city ordinances, we you can't would, do we this. would not be able to. We would not be able to do it. Also, we get to go. We get to see the George Floyd funeral, which was a procession that went from city to city all over the United States, almost. And nothing's being said. You got Doctor Fauci who won't even denounce or won't even give guidance about it's a, crowds such an interesting in perspective crowds about in them in being an elected official. Because when I, uh, you know, being in Navy medicine before I got out, I I always had a habit of going and looking at all of our different health. Uh, code protection yeah. and whatnot. And I yeah. found out that we had health code protections as well from Alpha to, to Delta. Oh, really? Yes. And I'd never seen them activated until right before I got out. And we went all the way to Charlie. Uh, and then I had uh, detached from active duty. But the instructions and the ordinance or the instructions and the regulations under Title 10 that have it spelled out. I mean, they even go into Title 42 about uh, certain uh things that the military can do, but Title X specifically, they become so in-depth, they are classified. Holy crap. Yeah, that's not very good. So <laughs> so that's an interesting perspective that they are elected yeah, officials. It's crazy. Um, so in the second point to this mask mandate thing, um, you might be asking yourself, where is, where is Senator Nathan Dom with the sciences and back up anything he's doing? Nowhere else are, are except for in America with these crazy rascally Republicans trying to stop these mask mandates. I, I've seen study after study that backs what you know, uh, Senator well, Nathan Dodd. Well, said. I got one right here. Hmm, it might be these great Nordic country Bernie Sanders is always talking about. What? Let's look at Holland. Holland's top scientist came out and said he did the research and he found no evidence wearing a mask works. Well, I, I feel that it's. Uh, to use that study as I'm going to play devil's advocate and say, you know mention 
they're a largely homogeneous population is if we were to take a model like what South Korea did during uh, during the immediate responses. Okay, everyone elderly, stay indoors. Everyone else, yeah. wear a mask. Yeah, get out, continue on your life. Is the they were able to crush the curve, and they were able to continue on in a largely non-homogeneous population just because of uh, our presence, the military, and just their uh, general population. Yeah. And so regardless of what that, um, you know, to play devil's advocate to that, regardless of that, I mean, there is a point to be made, is one size does not fit all. Oh, absolutely. And it also doesn't help when you have a country that's so divided politically where it wouldn't even matter if we were if we were just like them and their size did fit us. Well, I mean, to it be wouldn't fair, matter China's a little more have, politically have, divided. We we yeah, would Hong have Hong Kong. Well, Hong the Hong Kong. That Hong Kong's one little tiny city compared <laughs> to, to the Chinese community. Shenzhen is like the size of freaking eighteen Houston's. Yeah, and Hong Kong's like maybe one. Well, Houston. no, I'm, I, I'm getting to the larger point of them wanting to portray us. The media wanting to portray portray us as being so politically charged on opposite sides yeah when when the reality is if we get around the table the larger oh, no, narrative absolutely is individual liberty yeah absolutely and when i say politically divided i'm not talking about everyday americans because you go out into the world and you go out into america all over america we're willing to help each other out we don't worry about politics rarely even comes up in everyday society it's glamorous for the most now. part mm-hmm. i'm talking about a political party the democrat party which sees orange man bad at every single turn. So they're going to use every single lever they have in order to try to take this president out any way they can. So I'm talking about a political party that politicizes coronavirus and tries to throw everything they can into the into this machine to try to get it to jam up, to hurt as many people as possible so they can win in 2020. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the Democrat Party's been around for quite some time, and President Trump just announced his intent to get into politics, what, five years ago? Yeah, absolutely. But yet it's all his fault? It's absolutely his fault. You better believe it, buddy. (laughs) Orange man bad. (laughs) Orange man bad. But um, anyway, so we hope you guys enjoyed this podcast, and I know that the podcasts are always sporadic. And I promise you, as time goes on, we're working on a lot of really cool things and we will have a normalcy. Yes, there will be a normalcy to the podcast. And I think a lot of it just has to do with just bandwidth. It's just hard having the bandwidth to put out the videos that take hours and hours and hours to do and then do a podcast and then do all these other things. Anyway, this is Kevin and I'm sitting here with Miles and next time, um, well, until next time, peace.